Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to View with Mike G, the show of Chicago, the show of life, the show of Lucas, 80s movies, films, so much more, and even a mention of Francis Ford Coppola with today's guest, the fine owner, operator, proprietor of the Crackle, Austin, Texas, Mr. Tim Murphy, a man of the world, a man of pranks, a man of whiskey. We talk about all these things with Tim, who's often enigmatic often perhaps a bit introverted, but we talk about how the bar allows Tim to transform his personality because there's this lovely wood barrier between he and the public. We also talk about Tim's massive love of VHS, growing up with horror movies and all these things that we really do have a lot in common. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy The Grackle's Tim Murphy. all summer playing Nintendo or whatever and then you're eight hours a day like you know wearing pads and and a helmet and sweating your ass off like it's definitely not as hot in Chicago in the summer as it is down here in Texas but it's still still pretty damn hot it's humid yeah um so then when the four four other guys dropped out I was just like all right screw this I'm done he just we're doing it my dad said no he's like man you signed up for it oh shit really you signed up for it yeah so I had a I had to finish the year so after I think I played in one, like I played in the first game, but I was on like the the, the C team, like I wasn't right, even right. on the B team, you know. So it was like they they throw you in for like the it was like you know it was like freaking Rudy or Is it? or Lucas, you know. I was <laughs> I was like Lucas, <laughs> which coincidentally was filmed at my high school. Are you kidding me? No, so because that's like eighty four, eighty five. Right? I want to say that was could have been earlier, but I don't. You, it could it, it was in between eighty four and eighty six. Um, I was in junior high when, oh, that, when that was filmed, but I remember because um, we, we didn't live too far from the high school, so it was like a big deal, you know. Yeah. What I mean, they filmed stuff. Corey Haim was town. huge then. Carrie Green was huge. Charlie yeah. Sheen, Charlie is in Sheen, that? yeah. yeah. And I think it was Winona Ryder's first movie. Holy shit, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Oh man, I don't know why I'm excited about Lucas. Yeah. That's something about <laughs> that movie. Just talk about Lucas. <laughs> well, the whole Jack, oh man, Jack I remember. Piece, yeah, man, I, I had a friend who was uh, a year older than me in high school. And so every year, like you get, you know, you get your your schedule yeah. like, before school starts, and you get a locker assignment. Um, and they kind of grouped all of the, you know, like all the freshman lockers were in one spot, and all the seniors, and yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. They're all kind of in different different parts. But he traded. He made like a three or four way trade so that he could have Winona Ryder's locker. Oh man, it was it was pretty nuts. And I remember it took him. It like it, he's like, all right, I, I know where the locker is. I know the number. I don't know whose it is, but he had to make like you know. <laughs> He'd make a, a weird, a weird way. trade. Yeah, but he he was he was so he was so stoked on on having Winona Ryder's locker. That's so crazy. Can you so nuts, man. brief aside? Can you even fathom the fact that she's still a big star? Um, the whole Stranger Things. Bit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of 
weird. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess just like anything, fame and popularity have their ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. It's just it's um, so strange to me. She looks exactly the same, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you look at that, and it's uh, it's nuts. I want to say so. The the varsity football coach is actually in the movie playing the football coach. Oh, really? He yeah. plays like the assistant varsity coach or yeah. whatever. And I want to say that he is still the head coach at the at the high school. Speaking of things which that is, stay the same, which is nuts, right? That is yeah, crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty nuts. What was his name, man? Jim. Uh, shit. I, I mean, it's a hell of a yeah. fun fact, though, yeah. that the dude that was in Lucas as the coach or assistant coach is actually still the coach of yeah. that yeah. football team. Yeah, man, it's a bit weird. But Lum- so Lombard West High School. <laughs> did, was your dad wanting you to stay in it because fo- it's football country it's like no you no. committed to this thing you're gonna do no because we were never um a football family yeah. i mean i grew up you know playing playing baseball until i don't know probably i think seventh grade mm-hmm. is when it started getting like really competitive and it just wasn't fun for me anymore yeah. you know um and both my little brothers grew up playing hockey we we're never a football family mm-hmm. like i mean it's it's one of those you know like Especially down here in Texas, it's like on Sunday, oh, it's or you know, on Saturday the, game, the college games are on, on Sunday the pro games are on. It's like we know, even when we went to my grandparents' house, like my my uh, on Sundays there was a um, man, what's the name of the channel? That doesn't matter. Uh, but there was a, there was just like a small independent um, channel in, in Chicago, and on Sundays they would show uh, what my grandfather called wrestling. Wrestling. And it was like, you know, but it was like all the Texas guys. It was like the Von Erics and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And it was all, you know, filmed in like tiny civic centers and whatnot. And then after wrestling, roller derby would come on and my grandmother would watch roller derby. So it was like there was no football whatsoever. That's crazy. Yeah, no football whatsoever. But then my dad was like, no, you signed up for it. You got to finish. And I was just like, fuck, man. So it's just the stay to itness. Right? Yeah, I think, you know, he was he was trying to teach me a lesson and I think I learned it. I think the unintentional lesson was like, you know, don't. You're not if you're not going to see it through, and you know that to begin with, yeah. you know don't don't stick, it. don't stick your foot in it. So do you, do you think I think that's probably a good paradigm to have for relationships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, it it is. It's one of those things, but sometimes you just don't. It's notice one of those it. things you don't. You, you know, yeah. I didn't know you often explode. don't don't think don't think about until you're you're too deep into it, and yeah. then it's kind of. You. I wish we yeah. had the force foresight that we could sure, see yeah. ahead of time. Right? Yeah. So. Where does that take you then? So you're you do, you're doing some football, doing some baseball, but were you drawn to any particular subject? Were you a math guy, art guy? No, m- mostly art. Um, I really dug photography when I was a kid. Um, man, uh, took a bunch of bunch of photo classes. Um, that was about all that in the one semester of college I did. That was like, I think the only class that I excelled at was the the couple of photography classes that I was taking in that. But did you um, ever play an instrument? No, I was briefly in a band in high school, and I was the uh, lead singer. Really? Yeah, it was yeah. There's a there's a YouTube video somewhere. Are you kidding me? No, it's pretty. Yeah. That's worth finding. That's there's, that's a treasure sure, right there. Sure, I'm trying to think of what the name of it is called. Um, it's I don't know. I'll, I'll think of it and I'll tell you. But yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty hilarious. There was there was like I think we played two shows, and um, they're both in the basement of churches. Um, as as you do, yeah. I mean, there was there used to be this thing. It was pretty rad. Like growing up um, outside Chicago, there was a pretty good, like just you know, collection of angry suburban kids that were, you know, creating some decent music. I mean, yeah. some people have gone on to, um, 
you know, big thing. So there's this thing called Kool-Aid and it was in the basement of a church once a month okay. and there'd be like three or four bands. And, uh, rumor has it, I don't know if it, if it was true or not, but that before Billy Corgan started Smashing Pumpkins uh-huh. that he played in some other band, like, you know, I mean, yeah. he's, I, I want to say he's like six years older than me, but I, mean, uh, I don't know how old he is now. Yeah. I mean, his little brother went to high school with us. No shit. Yeah. So it was nuts, man. That was, man, it was a tough day too. Cause I remember his, the kid was, um, real sweet kid, special needs kid. Mm. And, uh, the Smashing Pumpkins showed up to our graduation. And so of course, like, you know, nobody paid any mind to this kid, Jesse, uh, for, you know, there, it was just kind of just one of those that either, you know, either you were a jerk to him or you ignored him or just didn't, you know? And then yeah. when like these rock stars show up to graduation and everybody's just like, well, what's up, Jesse? And I was just like, man, God, God like dicks. That's yeah. You know, that's how it is though. Yeah. It's terrible. And that's just, you know, that's just his older brother, like showing up to, to, and Support I could care, like, cool, I'm not, you know? you know, not a big fan or whatever, yeah. but it's just that's like the, one of those. It's just like, man, like people have no freaking shame. You know, it's like, they still don't. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, people are pretty shameless. So very shameless. I'd yeah. say. Yeah. So some college, what be beyond the warmer weather and it was a girl, but maybe not romantic of it. So no, took no, you she to, was just a, Tucson. yeah, I, I, uh, I actually moved in with two girls it was a three's company kind little, of sitcom yeah, name. little three's company sort of situation. <laughs> um, we did all sorts of terrible things. Uh, man, that begs the question. What's a terrible thing? Uh, man? man, we had, well, we adopted a pig. Oh my God. And I feel real bad about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like what pot belly pig or a legit a pot, big pot, okay. pig, okay. but which actually get like pretty big. Do they really? Yeah. We only had that pig for seven, maybe 10 days tops. It was the worst. It was a uh, when we got out there. It was so I lived with two girls named Emily. Okay, and uh, one Emily was going to University of Arizona, and uh, she immediately, you know, like got out there, started going to classes. Mm-hmm. She got a job at like a cafe near the university, and me and the other Emily were having like the worst time finding jobs. It was like I think two months before before I got a job, and then. And then I think just conveniently, like, she got a job, like, two days later. Like, neither one of us was working that hard. Yeah. Much. You know, it's just kind of like we were, you know, young and dumb. And was there something, like, specifically that you wanted to do or just whatever it would take? No, it was just kind of like whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the last job I had, you know, it was, but it was one of those things, too, where it's like I had, we had enough money in the bank and rent was cheap at the time. Right. So we'd look at the classifieds, and every, t- every day it was the same stuff. Every time we were like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And then, of course, like on the last page of the classifieds is like the you know miscellaneous and whatnot. Right, right. And so it's all like, you know, one day we're just driving around and, and you know, goofing off. And she's like, hey, you want to get a pig? And I was like, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? And she's like, right here. It's like potbelly pigs, 15 bucks. And I was like. That's what you got out of yeah. the classifieds. So <laughs> yeah, we didn't get jobs. We still don't have jobs, right? And we've got. We've got at this point we had already adopted two dogs and there was a, a cat that that came from Chicago, and so we had two dogs, a cat, and then we now we got this pig. Oh man! That we named Henson, and uh, the pig hated us. It turns out that we were he was the runt of the litter. Uh, okay. And he was also the first one to be adopted out. So I'm sure in his little pig brain it was one of those things where he was like, "Man, this is uh this is wrong. I'm being taken away from like my mom and dad and all my brothers and sisters." Oh, shit. And you know, so we take this squealing pig and 
bring him home. He got he got along really good with the cat because they could both fit under the couch. Okay, hide together, collude um, yeah. together. But then it got to the point where he kept breaking out of the house. We're just like shit. We can't. We can't do this. We can get killed. Really, pigs yeah. get killed, yeah. man. So, so we put him in the paper. Like you know, free to get home. Month, right, right. Months worth of pig food, and uh, yeah, some some kind of you know straight out of yeah. yeah speaking of my weird relationship with movies, um, uh, so the University of Arizona is where Revenge of the Nerds was filmed. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, we uh, yeah. This, lambda, lambda, dude, lambda. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this this dude who definitely looked like he came out of the the Alpha Beta house. Yeah, oh, showed yeah. up with his girlfriend, and you know you could tell he didn't want any part of it. But she was like, "Oh, it's cute. We need this pig." And it's like one of those things that you know, like we had to corral the pig, right? So we picked him up because so we're like, if he's running around when they show up, like we're never going to catch him. Right, right. So we spent like a good hour and a half chasing down the pig, and, like cornered. I mean, it was terrible. We were like just. Terror, Why does your life we already feel like, kind of like a comedy a Yeah, bit. we were terrorizing this piglet. And uh, so we catch him. Once you're holding him, he calms down a little bit, you know. And, and uh, yeah. Uh, so they show up. And we're like, yeah, here, you know, like, he, like he's quick. He takes a little getting used to you. But, right, you know, right. once he knows you, it'll be cool. Like, you know, nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. Hand off the pig. And, like, dudes are like, all right, thanks, bro. And, like, grabs the, the pig food. And, like, they, you know, take off in their, like, you know, LeBaron convertible sure. or whatever. Oh, Christ. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we both, uh, me and the, the other, the unemployed Emily, like, kind of just sat down on the stoop and, like, had a smoke. And we're just like, man, we just signed that pig's death warrant. Oh, like, you know, like, yeah, we, like, we, we thought we were giving him a home. But we're just two fucking fools. And then, you know, within a week, we both had jobs. And, yeah. That's crazy. What industry did you go into? Uh, so I started working at a um, uh, pizza place that at that time had the largest selection of uh, import and craft beers in Arizona. Really? Yeah. You don't expect that from Tucson. No, 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 no. It was a cool, like, I mean, it was a cool little, like, man, when I say, like, divey, I don't think it started out that way, but it, it just, the dude who owned it, I think he put all the love he had to give into it mm-hmm. and then kind of saw you know, Tucson blowing up around him and uh, his his building eventually got taken by eminent dom- domain from the university. Oh, they gave him another building across the street, but, you know, it was one of those that, like, the they built a giant building up, up next to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was like a, you know, you couldn't even squeeze a piece of paper in between the restaurant's building and then this, this giant university building that went up next oh, to it. And then there was a bar next door and they took that and they knocked it down and they made a big parking garage. So it was like, you know, it was like that, that, that picture of that house in New York with the yeah. tiny little house and all the buildings around it. Mm. It's kind of like that. He had like a five story, uh, UVA building on one side. And then he had like a four story, like giant parking structure. And then here was his little building that the university now owned, yeah. but it was one of those that it was a university favorite. So they just kind of like, we're going to hold off as long as possible. And <clears throat> so, you know, they didn't want to put any money into the property and he didn't want to put his own money into the property. So yeah. we, we just kind of watched like the building crumble around him and it kind of sucked, but it was, you know, it was one of those places that people would always like, solid happy hour you know they'd come for like cheap cheap like 22 ounce pints of beer and you know from he was you know had at the time you know i mean this was the the mid 90s and he was selling stuff that you know normally you you didn't see and you definitely didn't see on draft like in a like divey little college pizza joint you know but it was pretty cool where did you think he got his kind of passion for he so he grew up in champaign illinois and and he worked for a similar type of a of a spot in champaign that had um you know had had a bunch of like probably at his time it was less craft beers because because 
back then it would have been, you know, like Anchor and Sierra were about mm-hmm. the only two big ones back then. So it was a lot of just imported stuff, a lot of German beer, a lot of Belgian beer, but like crazy stuff, you know, like a like 20-year-old kid, we'd, we'd sit there, you know, drinking shit we'd never heard of. Yeah. It was like in the 90s. 14, 14%. And he had like no, he was a big jolly dude and he had like no real concept of over-serving. Okay. <laughs> so he would just Probably for him. He's got a massive yeah, tolerance. No, he's right? a bi- so. Yeah, he's a big dude. And um, but but it, it's just like one of those things where he'd have. I'm trying to think. The one that would always we almost always had, the tap list very rarely changed um, unless it was something like he really geeked out on. He could only get like one keg of it. Yeah. But there was this Belgian beer called Grimbergen, and it was I think it's a triple. Um, it might be a quad. Either way, it's a big beer. I want to say it's like 14. percent Wow. And. He he'd serve it in a twenty-two ounce glass. Like you want, do you want a you know? I mean, it was like, and shit, even at that time, it was like cheap. If you think about it, I think he charged like ten bucks. So it's ten bu- ten bucks for a twenty-two ounce beer yeah. that's gonna knock most people on their ass. Just you know, and done. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was nuts. It was a uh, pretty crazy. Did you? Working and that being kind of was that the first instance of you doing hospitality stuff? Uh, no, I mean, I'd waited tables and stuff in yeah. high school. Um, but that was my like, uh, I mean, that was the first first job where I, you know, poured draft beer that you know that wasn't coming off of a hand pump at yeah. like a backyard party and it wasn't like a you know, keg of Schlitz or whatever, right? So it's a little, it's a, <clears throat> a nice experience. It's yeah, cra- I mean, the fact that now we use craft in almost in a derogatory sense now, but sure. then. There yeah. was no term. Well, that was right? a th- yeah, that was a thing, man, and it was crazy because there's like the amount of the majority of you know what's considered craft now. Like, I mean, I, I don't even think that you know with the amount of breweries that are popping up in Austin yeah. weekly, that's crazy. Um, you know, people don't think of of Anchor and, and Sierra as craft anymore. You and know, big. They're, yeah, they're just they're just big breweries, but they don't think about the fact that those dudes have been around for a long time and yeah. they've been around for a reason. Like, they make great beer. They're just kind of overlooked in the in the you know in a like a over uh, what what's the word I'm looking saturated. for oversaturated yeah. um, scene you know especially with everybody's I don't, I don't know about the rest of the country but like with the Austin market being so saturated with with a new offering every couple of weeks right. it's you know it's it's hard, it's hard for, for, for people to to like think you know like why why is this still relevant right. you know that's um, a good point yeah I mean we still you know it's hard like, for you guys to kind of keep stuff fresh and still appeal to new while paying homage to old um i don't think so i mean i know that we get uh it's weird because i mean the the crackle is almost like it's like it's two or three bars all at the same time yeah. and it and somehow it works um you know because we'll get like the you know like beer nerds and beer snobs that that are just kind of searching for holy grail stuff yeah. that, that will tap every now and again um, and then we definitely, you know, get the same, same folks about With whiskey. whiskey yeah. Um, and then we, and then we have the people that just want like a cold Lone Star and, and a cheap glass of bourbon, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's definitely, uh, it's a holy trinity if you think about it. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, it's cause nice- it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I like, I just like to tell people like, so, so coming back to the whole draft thing and, and, you know, uh, I always tell people that I, that I'm, Aside from a few exceptions that are in there, I, there's nothing in the grackle that I wouldn't be happy to drink myself. Yeah. Um, the exceptions would be vodka, um, which which I think is is good for it's got its place. It's, right? it's good for cleaning. Sure. Um, yeah, and then uh, Fireball. 
<laughs> and, uh, but you have to carry it because people want it. Well, I don't it, technically right? have to carry it. Well, not but, have to. But right? the thing with Fireball is that you could put a sin tax on it, which, you know, it's like if I want to keep, you know, it's like a, with our well liquor. It's like if I want to keep our, our well liquor at that price, mm-hmm. then you charge more money for stuff like Fireball that people just have to have. Right. It's almost like a punitive Even though, cost. If you well, it's one it. of those things, too. It's kind of like, man, I, every time I give you one of these, I'm giving you a little bit of diabetes. Yeah. You know? So it's just like... <laughs> you, sir, yeah. deserve this shit, as a yeah. matter of fact. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you need to pay back into the system right, right. a little bit because, you know, you're you're just here to drink candy. Yeah. So, so thinking about the people element, then. Yeah. So you know, yeah. I'm, do you, do you, I'm definitely a, a river people to my person? people. Yeah. No, I'm not a people person. I didn't think so. Yeah. But I'm not trying to, to cast no. aspersions, but... No, no, no. Not at all. I mean, I... I like people. I think they're fine. Do you? They're but fine. They're fine. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's a reason why there's a reason why I like to keep three feet of three feet of wood in between me and, barrier, and the people. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a. Uh, I can I can deal with them just fine if if we each have our own little space. Yeah, you know. So, but it's harder beyond that. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> people are I, I tough. Like, man, I like I my know. dog a lot. See, no, yeah, she's easy. she's good people. She's but, good. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I had this. One of my coworkers lost a cat of over ten years. Uh-huh. She had this cat a long time, and I, I told cats her to be really old, man. They really do, which yeah. is nice because yeah. they're around a while, you know. Sure, but they're cats. They're, <laughs> I, I'm, I, but I told her I was like, I like animals and I love them a lot. Yeah, I give them way more, lean, more your whiskey, please, yeah, than I do people. Uh-huh. I don't know why that is. But are you that same way where it's kind of like, well, an animal, okay, you that's um, fine, you can I do think, that. I, and I can't remember who the quote is accredited to. Uh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this wrong, but to paraphrase it, I think it's something along the lines of, um, what is it? I've never, never met a dog I didn't like, but when a dog doesn't like a person, I'm wary of that person. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like, Absolutely. man, if if a dog doesn't, I mean, dogs are suckers, you know. But mm-hmm. if they, for some reason, are but, you know, it's you know, uh, kind of turn a side eye at a person, then it kind of gives you, you pause wonder, to kind of yeah. reflect on like, why does this dog who's normally licking everybody's hand won't go near this dude? Yeah, you know, it so. is alarming, and I, I mean, very. There's this one story, and as you're pouring this whiskey, that I've lived up north for a while, and I walked out of my house to go to work one morning, and this lady's on top of a car, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what are you doing sitting on top of the car, not on the the trunk, mm-hmm. but on the very like the hood of the car? And she goes, "There's a pe- there's there's a pack of dogs that chased me." They started to attack me. I'm like, oh, shit, really? I mean, yeah. I mean, if they're feral or like rabbit, I don't want to be a part of this. But I saw, I walk out and I see the three dogs, and they look at me. And I'm like, what's up? And they're like, hey, and they just kept walking. I'm like, yeah. that's your pride. There's something yeah. you fucking did, you did something because they're like, they're not even giving me a second dog because I'm yeah. not afraid of them. I was like, do your huh. thing, guys. So, but you're right. I think that they it's, can read. It's into funny too, that. man. My my dog would probably jump up on top of the car. <laughs> yeah. Cujo style, or just to lick and look? No, I don't. I mean, she, 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 she's just she's a jumper. Yeah. So, yeah, she's. I think she thinks she's part goat. <laughs> there's a there's a picnic table in the backyard, and that's her favorite place to just to, to be. Yeah, she just you know. I think it's also because it's in her mind. She's like, if I'm up this much taller, yeah. then I'm closer to all the squirrels. Ah, so, what's well, good logistically? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Sure, there's a reasonable reason yeah. to be up yeah. on there. I'm sure if she could figure out how to get on the roof of the house, she'd probably she'd probably <laughs> spend most of her time just sitting on the roof. Like, Best view like, in the yeah, neighborhood, like, like right? Snoopy or something. Yeah. You know, but yeah. well, so how does this whole this beer experience in Tucson? How does that next move to Austin work out? Is that um, a girl? Is that a career? What that brought you here? Uh, that was a little bit of both. Um, I guess uh, broke up with the ex, 
Um, Which was not one of the Emily's, was it? No, 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 no. This was a Julie. Um, And broke up with her. We're still pals. Things are good. But like at the time, it was just kind of like, man, what am I doing here? And I kind of wanted a little bit bigger of a city. Mm. Um, And Austin, so it's funny, now Tucson is blown up as well as Austin's blown up. And now Tucson is approximately the size that Austin was when I moved here. Oh, no kidding. And Austin is like, you know, cataclysmically grown. Right. And uh, yeah, so now I'm just like shaking my head like, man, you should have just waited it out. (laughs) That's a long time. I mean, sure. But, you know, I could have done something where like, so before I left Tucson, I took a four month road trip and just drove around, like trying to figure out where I was going to go. And uh, so I had a a friend who was uh, finishing up um, a degree at UT, Mm -hmm. stayed with him for about a week here during Halloween. And we went and saw kiss cover band at uh this place called the electric lounge which it's no longer there so there's a giant condo where it used to be oh shit um it's down near where uh uh whole foods is yeah yeah downtown and uh we went and saw this kiss cover band that were like in full-on you know makeup and leather Harry and Chaz, boots and yeah like the whole like the yeah i mean they were they did it up proper and um but it was inside of this tiny club and they had full on pyrotechnics. Holy shit. So this is before, club? yeah, this is before that whole great, great white or, or white, yeah, yeah, white yeah, yeah, lion yeah. or whichever yeah, one it was that had, white, yeah, then the club it was one of the two. Yeah. yeah. But similar situation, you know, we're talking about a club with maybe, maybe like a 12 or 14 foot ceiling, mm-hmm. not tall for, you know, like after they're, they're on a riser and they're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're shooting up sparks and, and shit. And it was, it was nuts. It was awesome. Jesus. And uh, yeah, him and I went dressed as clowns. Like we had gone to the gone oh, to like a, Halloween. Okay, that makes yeah. Sense. So yeah, we had gone to uh, you know just like a resale shop early in the day and bought like two you know ill-fitting like old man suits. Right. <laughs> and um, we decided that we were uh, birthday party clowns. And I like we had, it. That's yeah. And we had just been fired from a gig, and so we just sat at opposite ends of the bar, but people could obviously tell that like. These two, dudes right? have, yeah. these two dudes have to be together. They have to be here together. And uh, we just tried to polarize everybody that sat at the bar because I kept saying that he's the one who got us fired and he kept oh, saying that I was the one who got I us got fired. It, okay. And so we had like, you know, we had like, uh, each of us had about like anywhere between 10 to 12 people behind <laughs> us by the end of the night that were just like, man, you fucked up. You got this guy fired. And then the other people would be the same. And then it was it was pretty nuts. <laughs> you... You set the room in opposition. Did a fight fucking break out? <laughs> no, su- surprisingly, surprisingly, fists were not thrown. But there I'm was a lot surprised. of a lot of angry words, and the the whole intention of it was that I think throughout the night, him and I each only paid for one drink. Oh, the sympathy it was, drink. Yeah, it was the oh man, you lost your job. Like oh, we just figured it's Halloween. You're clown. It's like yeah, man. Like you would think that, <laughs> but don't you think a clown maybe would want to dress up as something else on Halloween? Like. You fucking cheeky yeah. bastards. It was good, man. It is yeah. good. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I used to do horrible shit like that in Tucson, too. Like, you know, try to start a bar, try to start a bar fight and then back out of it. <laughs> and, not, and not, yeah, and watch watch two other people get, get into a fight and get kicked out of the bar. Do you remember yeah. Fight Club? When like, people yeah. are trying to instigate fights. Yeah, yeah. Pouring water on a priest and shit. Yeah, <laughs> the guy with the hose. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah, but it was stuff like that. Yeah, me and oh man, me and my buddy Ray used to do that. 
do this same kind of thing. Like we were fighting, yeah. get other people involved in it. <laughs> and then we'd kind of like quietly excuse ourselves from the situation and watch these two people who have, have no dog <laughs> in the fight just go at each other's throats, and, you know, until the oh bartender's just like, the two of you, out. Get the fuck out And then, you know, and then me and Rave kind of come back from our other corners of the bar, have, a, you know, hey, cheers, here's some whiskey. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah. And, yeah, then the, the bartender gives us the knowing look, and she'd be like, fellas, sorry, Patty. <laughs> Stop, yeah. Stop instigating. Yeah. Well, and, then I guess yeah. if, it's a, if it's good fodder for a comedic routine, why the hell not come to sure. Austin, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I think also when I moved here, I, I had the uh, – uh, I had the the wild idea that I could um, that I could start some sort of acting career here, what? which yeah I don't I don't know why, um, but you know I mean at the time uh, Texas itself was getting a decent amount of like third coast work sure yeah yeah um, but and, so when we talk about acting sorry yeah. to interrupt but who do you identify with as an actor um, what's or someone you're a fan of you kind of maybe are inspired by uh. I'd probably say people like Ed Harris. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, classic. You know, Do you like the Westworld bit. Westworld was pretty great, man. I didn't see that that twist at the end. I don't know how I didn't see that. See it coming? You know, yeah. And um, it may not be a twist. It may literally be what happened. Anyway, sure, topic, sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Um, you know, like I'd 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 seen the um, I guess yeah. As a kid, like I was I was always just a, a big fan of movies. Yeah. And uh, we had um. This is funny because I know it's going to go through your head the second I say this first first sentence. But yeah. two towns over, we had a video store that stayed open 24 hours. No, it was not that kind of video store. <laughs> um, they stayed open 24 hours, and they were like a mom and pop, kind of like a I Love Video yeah, or Vulcan yeah. Videos. But 24 hours, and they had like the most ridiculous ridiculous selection. So I would wait for like my, my parents to go to sleep, mm. and I would take one of the cars and like drive you know drive two towns over. I think that was the first time I had a a checking account like i started a checking account so that i could have because you had to have some sort of on file reference to rent a video oh, i see okay so i started a checking account so Just that i could rent movies. movies jesus and yeah so i'd i'd you know they'd be in bed maybe by 11 or yeah. so i'd go to the video store after midnight get like two movies watch them back to back and then uh my parents were usually up around like 5 30 5 45 to get mm-hmm. ready to go to work and i'd 4 30 i'd hot tail Bolt- back really Return return the videos, and I do that a couple times a week. That's crazy. Um, what kind of stuff yeah. are you renting? It was all over the place, man. I remember because I mean, you know, this is pre-internet too. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think we 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 had like a shitty little PC that had like a dial-up connection. That's, but even yeah. like this is this is before Google, so it's not like you know to like find stuff on the internet. It gets dark real yeah. quick. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, I'd go to like the uh, the college bookstore. Like, there's there's a pretty large community college in the town, so they had like a bookstore that had all sorts of crazy shit yeah. and I would just buy like books that had like you know like the 1000 best cult movies of all time I have that or, book downstairs yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah it's got like Boris Karloff That's and right. Elvira on the uh-huh. cover of it yeah and I started front to back I'm like yeah. I'm gonna try to find so this I, movie so I read that and kind of highlighted the ones that I was interested in and then after a while of like you know renting stuff at this late night spot like every time I showed up like one of the overnight clerks would be like hey have you seen this and I'd be like, no, I'll check it out. So it was like, you know, oh, any, man, anything from like, yeah. you know, like weird animation stuff to like horror movies and Western. Westerns. Got to be in there. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, just all, all manner of, you know, um, I wonder, you know, I wonder if that place is still there. It's got to still be there. I bet. So I mean, places if, if places like died. I Love Video yeah. can survive, like that, that place has got to survive. They have to. Um, well, so because, you know, because it's one of those things too. It's like 
you always hear about those. I mean, now the Blockbuster is not around, but you know, there'd always be like the clerk would be like, man, I looked up so-and-so's rental history and oh man. But it's like one of those, it's like, well, I never closed that account. So technically if I went back in there, could I be like, hey guys, could you give me a list of all the movies oh, I ever man, rented from you? Which would be pretty cool. But yeah, and then it was just, you know, like I had just like a spiral notebook that I would just, you know, somebody tell me a movie and I'd write it yeah, down. And it's like, exactly how I did you know, and then they yeah. give you like a sideways glance because you've got just like, man, this... This 16-year-old kid just came in and rented, like, you know, <laughs> Seven Samurai and Don't Look Now. Yeah. And, you know, and the overnight guy, I'm sure the first couple of times I went in was kind of like, what's up with this kid? Yeah. You know, I was always like fucking greasy, long-haired kid. That's and, amazing, though. Criterion yeah. Collection, is that important to you? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but See, that was the thing, man. Like, yeah. I was, but I was renting those movies exactly. before, like, yeah, before it was they were like, on yeah, it was like, yeah. Who like who told this kid about Akira Kurosawa? And yeah. It's just like man, I just had a, like I had a cool photography teacher, who you know he started a uh, what was it? He just started like an elective class that was called um, I want to say it was just appreciation of film. Yeah, you know, and and uh, he was a big Kurosawa nerd, and uh, yeah. So I remember the I think the first day of class we watched the first half of Seven Samurai. Mm. And then the second day we watched the second half. And I mean, we, you know, we saw all manner of weird independent stuff. And, so cool. and um, I love that part. Yeah. You know, what's interesting and this actually is the same thing with kind of spirits now too, in a sense, but it's the same thing with music. It's hard to discover stuff now, right? You like, mean like new stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, not even new or even new to you old stuff. Sure. Right. Like sure. you have to go really, really deep and you have to go pre-internet times to find something like Westworld's actually a good example because mm-hmm. Future World was the sequel, right? Right. And I never saw Future World, but I remember seeing it in that big ass Warner Brothers plastic clamshell case. Yeah. Like it, there was that back, was, back when you could buy movies from the video store, yeah. but they cost like eighty nine dollars, hundred fucking dollars. Yeah. I, mean, I was but having the, a conversation a couple of days ago with somebody. It's crazy, right? Yeah. But you you would just buy it based on that. Like I yeah. remember seeing I lived in Detroit in the eighties, mm-hmm. and this was shortly after Evil Dead Two came out. Sure. And that po- that poster with the skull with the eyes, like. I want to see that movie, yeah. and I would no. You don't hear anything about it, but so now it's not as like exciting. You don't no. just like stroll up onto a movie and you're like, oh, I've never heard of this. You know? Yeah, and I mean that was the days too, because I mean this was yeah, you know, like you said, this was early in mid '80s, and um, it was definitely like the heyday of the video store. You know, like I remember when Blockbuster came to our town, and you know, within a couple of years, like half of the mom and pop shops closed up, yeah. which sucked. Um, but, you know, it, it just going into, I remember we'd, we'd go to the video store once a week when I was in like grade school and junior high and uh, alternating weeks, like me or my sister or my brother would get to pick out a movie. Yeah. And uh, my, so my, my youngest brother wasn't old enough yet, but so my, I got two younger brothers and a younger sister. And so the, the younger brother, his, his go-tos were uh, Raiders of Lost Ark and mm-hmm. Time Bandits. Nice. So I've seen those movies. So many times. And my sister's uh, go-to movie was The Legend of Billie Jean, which I've also seen. I love that movie. Uh, it's a great movie. Helen yeah. Slater, man. She's pretty. She's pretty, pretty. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what yeah. were your go-tos then? Uh, my, man, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of what I, because, you know, I mean, you're a kid. You like watching the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. I think I got away with, uh, my, my dad would, would let us rent just about anything. Yeah, he yeah. didn't care. And I think at one point my mom cracked down because I, I picked out uh, uh, Baron von Munchausen. Because I, I, yeah, I, like, I like Time Bandit so mm-hmm. much. And I was like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's kind of quirky and weird. And, and 
my dad would always uh, we'd always watch um, reruns of Faulty Towers and Monty Python oh, yeah. on PBS, and so I was like, and he was like, oh yeah, he's involved with, with these guys, mm-hmm. you know, like he's he does all their animation. So they're like, like legitimized, right? Yeah. yeah. So of course I wanted. I was like, yeah, I need to see this, but of course there's like a half naked Uma Thurman in it, and my mom was like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, boobs. But it's not boobs? sexual. No, it's not. But you like know? as a kid, you're yeah. just like, yeah, boobs. And so I think my mom was just like, yeah, no, no more, no more R rated films and whatnot. So then I had to get a little bit more creative with um, what to rent. But then of course, you know, there's always the kid across the street whose family had like HBO. So you oh, just be like, yeah, yeah, man, just go, go across the street so and watch, with HBO, watch whatever's, watch whatever's on over there. Yeah. It's a great, it was but, a great time yeah. for that. So do you think like that kind of deep interest and really passion and creativity that gets percolating when you're watching this stuff? Sure. Is that what drove you to really consider wanting to be an actor? Because Austin, that makes some sense, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think how or why I got that idea in my head. Is this so? Remember, there was the show that Matt Bearden was on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Austin Stories. Austin Stories. Yeah. Was this? Were you? Was this? Had this I, happened already? This. So Austin Stories would have been. That would have already happened. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I want to say that was like '98. Yeah, something. '97, '98, and I had actually never seen the show. Mm. Um. I had actually never seen Slacker when I when I moved here. I still haven't seen Slacker. Don't I, don't bother. I like Linklater, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, nice nice guy makes some good movies. Yeah. but you know, not not everybody can make like everything. And I get that there's that old Austin nostalgia for it. Yeah. and like watching it and and seeing a whole bunch of landmarks that aren't there anymore. Um, some that left before me and some that have left since I've been here. You yeah. know, that's kind of interesting just to watch it. But man, I remember the week before I left. The, the girl that I broke up with in Tucson uh, was like, hey, if you're going to go to Austin, like you need to, you need to watch Slacker before you go there. Mm. And I think I fell asleep twice during that. I was just like, man, like this <laughs> is like nothing. Yeah, this is- which is weird too because I've watched plenty of movies where nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And I get it that that's kind of the point. Um, but yeah, it was just like, this is, yeah, this is terrible. You ever seen LaCleese, Michael- Michelangelo Antonioni? I don't think so. Nothing happens. Yeah, all of his movies. No. If you ever go, oh watch yeah, it's it. like uh, Red you know, Moon. I think is another. Uh, My dinner with Andre. Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah, Louis Bunuel, right? Uh, what is his name? Is that his? No, name? I might be wrong, but but anyway, so it's, like, yeah. I thought that anyway. Yeah, no, because we we're gonna nerd out. I, mean, I just remember it's what, Wallace Shawn and. But of course, that that like weird stuff like that, then it leads you to, to strange, uh, like what Andy Kaufman made that my, my what was it my dinner with Blassie? Yeah, yeah. And it was, I've never seen it, but I've, it was that's weird. It's just Andy Kaufman and, and classy Freddie Blassie, the wrestler, like having supper. Amazing. And yeah, but you come here, and so ninety nine things are interesting. What do you start doing when you get in town? Uh, I had the kind of the same thing as when I moved to Tucson. I had like about a two months worth of living in my pocket. Yeah. So I think I took about six weeks to find a job, and um, I would pretty much just go to the uh, what was it called? Uh, it was called the Hole in the Wall. No, not the Hole in the Wall. Hole in the Wall is still there. It yeah. was called man. Uh, it's it's on the drag. It's on the drag. There's another bar there now called the Local. Um, it's called the Showdown. And oh, it was just the a, Showdown. Yeah, Holy it was just shit, a, just a beer yet. bar, but oh. it was great. You know, they had a couple of pool tables. They had some of the best bathroom graffiti I've ever seen. <laughs> It was in. I think this was also in an era when people like respected bathroom graffiti a little bit more. Mm, interesting. Because um, you'd notice like 
some stuff would get preserved yeah. and they'd kind of selectively paint the bathroom. Right, right. Whereas now, like, it's just kids tagging bathroom walls. I know. And it's like, you know, it's like, where have all the good bathroom poets gone? You know, because no, everybody always writes the same crap on the, you know, like, hey, smile, you know, like, yeah. be happy. Somebody looks like, yeah, I get it. Like, you I'm know, thinking of but piss. it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, man, there's nobody writes good stuff on the bathroom walls anymore. Well, no one anymore. writes good stuff in a lot of sense. So. Yeah, that that is true. Maybe that's maybe, maybe that's this, why this is the root of a larger problem. That's right. You talk yeah. about shamelessness. Yeah, they also but, don't have a commitment to quality. Either. Yeah, so I would just hang out like for my first four to six weeks in town, like clockwork every day at about six. I think I lived about five blocks from there. Mm, shit, so okay. I'd, I'd walk, I'd walk down there with just a sketchbook, and you know, and I'd sit there and drink. Like I don't, man, beers were cheap back then too. It was like two or three dollars for like a turbo dog. Yeah, and um. Yeah, just drink like four or five pints of beer and just, you know, write and sketch in the book. And after I had my couple of pints of beer, I'd walk back to the house and... You gotta love campus that yeah. time, man. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't live anywhere near campus now if you paid me. It's a different deal. But, but yeah, yeah, it was fun then. Back I then mean, it was, it was not bad. 2000, 2001 I was yeah. in but... Yeah, It was weird. I remember too, like moving in. So I moved in, moved in with the, the dude I'd been partying as a clown previously pranking with and him. yeah moved in with him and uh, i remember him just selling me on the whole austin thing and he's like yeah man we can get a huge house like we get like a three-bedroom house I'm like dude it's just two of us he's like yeah but you know we'll have an extra room whatever yeah we get this huge house and it'll be like five six hundred bucks a month and i was like that sounds amazing yeah like let's do that but of course uh i grew up next door to this kid and i love him like a brother but he is i, I procrastinate but i think he uh he might be the world champion procrastinator. So he he makes you procrastinate. That's he, well, how he yeah yeah. So he I think I think he waited until about three days before I was here to actually get a spot. Oh, he's sh- like oh yeah no I'm working on I'm working. Don't worry about it, man. We'll have a nice house by the time. He, so then we end up getting this like shitty apartment right off campus, oh, and I was just like man like I had I had the the promise of like this great you know house or whatever, yeah. but. But it was good though because it was only a nine month lease, and that gave me the opportunity to like find like the you know like the sweetheart like South Austin like Arthur Fonzarelli pad and, yeah, yeah. and whatnot. It was a what was the gig cool. then that you got when you first started working? Uh, I worked for Whole Foods for a year. No shit. And then I decided that that was the absolute worst thing in the world. People again, and, uh, right? Yeah. Well, I had a sweet gig there though because I was the um, I was their dairy and frozen foods buyer. I was you giving back so all the time. So I was right? I was in the cooler all day and I just had like a radio and just sit back there and just you know like get Do the order in the morning yeah. and just like yogurt, 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 and then you know then you kind of chill for a couple of minutes. You open the doors, you oh eggs, eggs, eggs. Yeah. Shut it down and and do the same thing all over again. So I maybe only had to interact with people about an hour out of my shift every day. Not bad. Um, yeah. So it wasn't too bad. But uh, yeah, that for as much love as that place claims to like generate right, and, right. and and shine out on people, they just oh man, they turn out some really bitter, hateful people. It's <laughs> it's just like man, I'm the trying machine. to I'm trying to be healthy. I'm a fucking dick. <laughs> it's like oh, smug, healthy, fucking dick. worse. Yeah, man. Oh, and then the <laughs> and there's always the. Oh, the lady with the you know greasy hair is just kind of like I know you have milk that has two days more of a shelf life on it. Oh, geez. and it's like woman, it's already got seven days on it. Like you know when you open it up, you're supposed to drink it in about three. Yeah. So having those two, what you're just What's like you have do? that like that little buffer that like I don't have to open this for two more days. Right. It's like my my beautiful gallon of organic milk. It's so um, strange. Yeah. And well, that, but it's it's a distinct breed. Yeah. The whole yeah, yeah. Jars. It's one of those things. I mean, I met. A bunch of decent people working there um 
but it yeah it was the customers that just drove, drove every yeah. employee into this like because I think most people went there with the kind of like oh yeah like people who work here will be nice yeah. people and people who shop here will be nice people and then I think a lot of the people who worked there ended up with uh, a good collection of solid drinking buddies and <laughs> and, uh, and hatred for organic food buyers and yeah whatnot. well that still remains I think for yeah. a lot of us yeah, so begs the question that so it seems like well one when did you give up on the acting gig Mm. acting career um i think shortly after i moved here probably (laughs) um i think uh yeah i think after after a couple months of being in the austin workforce and you know i mean i think that the i guess the like the idea and the ideal of slacker Mm. even even though this town is pricing out all those people right but i think that ideal is still alive and i think i kind of got the like Oh yeah, you don't really have to do a lot mm-hmm. to be able to, you know. I, I mean, other people surround themselves with more people than I do, but to you know, at least pick and choose some decent folks and like just get by in right. Austin and like you know and and have a have a good time. Um, it's you're right. It doesn't take yeah. too much. But so no. then it it begs the question because again, I feel like film lovers. I think mm-hmm. film lovers love whiskey. I don't know why that is, mind you. Yeah, but can you think of? I think also I think maybe when I officially gave up on the um, acting thing mm-hmm. was uh, you know the expression uh, if, if you like sausage don't watch it being made. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got to be in a movie that was filmed at the bar I work at, and I guess kind of seeing the backside of that, kind of. I, I think I had a lot more fun with the the crew mm-hmm. than than the cast. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of, I think, uh, like rekindled my flame for service industry stuff. Cause I was like, man, this is like, you guys hang out and like, you know, kind of have your little, little families and whatnot. Mm. Just like, you know, you need to hear the stories of like all the crew that, you know, oh man, I've worked on like six TV shows with this guy and like seven movies with this guy and, and whatnot. And, and that was just kind of like, man, like this is definitely kind of like a, you know, front of the house, pack of the house type of a situation. Yeah, and, um. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, bartenders kind of walk that that middle middle of the line where right. you're not really front of the house, you're not really back of the house. Um, but uh, yeah, it was sobering. Yeah, a little bit, and I was yeah. just kind of like, yeah, I don't think I want to. I don't want to do this because I because then if you're, you know, if if you're an actor, then you've aligned yourself with however you want to identify as front of the house or back of the house, yeah. but. You know, then you're kind of like you're that you're that way. It's your path, you know, then, like yeah. it's you know, like none of the, none of the, the, you know, like the cast and crew, like don't they don't hang out. Yeah. So it's just like stratified. Yeah. So it's like I think that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna align myself with the bartenders and not with the actors. And this is. That mean, it makes sense. And it's you know, and I guess too, like I'm sure it works this way for a lot of people. Is that there's like I mentioned that having that three foot barrier. Mm. Um, <clears throat> It's, you know, I think it works in, in both people's favor, yeah. you know, because not, not every bartender likes the chatty customer and not every customer likes a chatty bartender, right. but most customers don't like the chatty customer that sidles up next to them at the bar. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, some people just want to sit at the bar and have a whiskey or a cold beer and be left alone and not have to think about their shit for 20, 30 minutes, you right. know? And, uh. So it's it's good because you've got, you know, you you've got that 
distance between you and them that you can see that and be like, hey, man, and just kind of derail that that conversation and make yeah. sure that this guy gets to enjoy his sad bastard time and this guy can be, you know, happy pants the clown and just, you know. Starting fights kind of their friend. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. Well, so then I still, I can't, I always try to figure out the narrative and kind of like what that path is. So how do you, how do you even start to think about creating what the grackle is now? Uh, man, you know, um, is there a moment? Was there a person you met? Would, trying to think. I think the moment was. Oh, I'm trying to think how many years ago that was. It was probably four years ago. So when we opened the grackle, I shouldn't even say we. Like I worked when the grackle opened. I worked there one day a week. Mm. Um, I was still working at the Texas Chili Parlor. I worked there for almost ten years. Wow. Yeah. Um, Chartreuse bombs. Well, not bombs, just <laughs> chartreuse. Yeah. Oh, man, I remember when he did that. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, just straight chartreuse, though. Yeah. It's bad, still bad way news. undercharging for that. If you ever need a good chartreuse fix, I think he's still charging $6 for a shot of chartreuse. <laughs> done and done. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think the moment when, when the Grackle was first opened, it was just kind of like every other Eastside bar. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't really, aside from having what, um, affectionately became known as hipster jail, okay. hipster jail. Um, <laughs> when when, when like it first that. opened you know because the entire patio was caged yeah um i think it's been two years now since we took the most of the bars down mm-hmm. um aside from that like it was just like you walked in and you know there was 10 flavored vodkas and there was uh when shit when we opened we had dos Equis and china on tap um, and it was, you know, like you looked at the tap list and it was predictable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything interesting. Um, the bottle selection for, for a package, like cans, cans of bottles of beer was what you'd expect. Yeah. You know, it was, we had Amstel light and Labatt's, you know, it was just like, it, Stuff it was that, nothing, you know? Yeah. And you looked at the, you looked at the, the whiskey and the tequila selection and there was, you know, a couple decent bottles, but it wasn't anything that was going to knock your socks off. Mm. And it ran fine like that for a couple of years. And I think the aha moment I had was um, I went, I don't even remember why. I think I went to San Antonio to seek out, somebody told me about, have you been to 1919? Oh, yeah. yeah. Places just amazing. Yeah, it's And I'm trying, I can't even, I'm trying to think what whiskey it was that I wanted to try. And somebody's like, I bet if you go, you know, I like, there wasn't anywhere in town that was going to have it. They're like, I bet if you go to 1919, they're, they're bound to have that. Yeah, and sure. I was like, well, screw it. It's an hour and 15 minute drive to San Antonio. So I drove down to San Antonio to have a drink mm-hmm. and sat at that bar and just, I probably looked at their whiskey list for a good 20 minutes before I ordered anything. So it was just so, so incredible. Much, yeah. And so I ordered my whiskey and man, it's killing me that I can't think what it was. But I think I was just so overwhelmed. So I, I had two, I had two drinks when I came back to Austin, and the thing that stuck with me about that is that as I was sipping my first whiskey and just thumbing through the rest of their menu because they also have a great um, agave yeah, selection oh, sure. as well. Um, and then I come to like the last page and it says vodka and there's just one, mm. and it dawned on me that like, oh shit, it is possible to have like you know to dwindle down yeah, yeah to like have one bottle of vodka in the bar and so that became like after that that next day i was just like just slowly kind of fire sailing all the vodkas 
and got rid of all the flavored vodkas. And then we, I think we were left with like six or seven vodkas. And I poured, you know, like a quarter ounce of each of them, mm-hmm. tasted them all back to back. And I was like, these all taste absolutely the same. Yeah. You know, I was all like drinking, dripping springs next to gray goose. It was like, man, you know, and people at, at the time too, and still now people are going nuts for Austin or not even Austin, but Texas made vodka, right. you know, um, especially since it's a, it's a locally made spirit, but it's something you can turn out quickly. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the reason why we don't see a lot of Texas whiskey yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just like, these, these all taste the same. Like, Who's who's gonna put in the bid for who gets to be the one bottle of vodka in the bar? You know, yeah. like, and uh, and it's like, well, it has to be from Texas because you know if we don't have a Texas vodka, people are gonna freak the frick out, and uh, yeah. So, Dripping Springs, and, Gary won. Yeah, yeah, good dude though. Um, not gonna talk any trash on the other vodka giant, but they, uh, yeah, they 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 showed their hand. And those cards are dirty. Yeah. Oh. This whole industry. Just, well, I mean, just, you know, it's one of those things too that it's just like, you know, in, in my position, like I don't often get to be the customer, Mm -hmm. but in that relationship, I am the customer and, you know, it's like, you make the, yeah, if you know, like when you don't treat a customer right, don't expect them to return back for business, you know, so, yeah. This it's so good. It seems like the vision makes a lot of sense and obviously this beautiful back bar selection of stuff you guys have at the Thank crackle. You. I mean, it, it's when I, so I wanted to try the new Parker Heritage when I was mm-hmm. in there, when you were in there. Sure. And I was like, man, where can I get it? And I texted a couple people like, oh, Grackle's got it. I'm like, yes. oh, fuck, really? Well, I'm going to go try because I've, it's just, now it's becoming a destination spot. Sure. Isn't that killer? Yeah. Just like that you guys have no, special bottles great. and people go out there because you, it's unassuming in that way. It yeah. feels like a dive bar and it is dive. No, it's but a divey bar, yeah. But it's, got such like a nuanced and like really thoughtful selection of stuff and so you're like thanks man and so it's a nice balance yeah there. so well done in that respect yeah appreciate it. yeah i mean it's you know i um i unashamedly love whiskey yeah. i think it's it's delicious and it's one of those things that um you know you've got uh it's, it's weird because i also walk this fine line of Somebody said a couple months ago, like, are you, you know, like, are you running a bar? Or are you running a library? Mm, and it was all like, well, you know, I mean, you, you can come out and drink everything that you can drink and and nothing, no bad to speak like on Peche. Yeah. And I love that bar and they have an amazing whiskey selection in there as well. But um, it's not affordable for everybody. Right. And, and it's it's just because of the part of town that they're in. Sure. And, different clientele. And it's sure. a totally, you know, it's also a totally different clientele. Um, but, you know, like, uh not just the people that that drink and hang out at Peche mm. are are the only people that would like to maybe not consistently always drink really fine and like sought after whiskeys. Right, right. But you know, like they they want a payday whiskey too. You totally. know? And it's kind of one of those it's like, man, I'm gonna price everything on the shelf at what I can like the lowest level that I can get away with. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like so yeah, if you want to try something for 20 30 sometimes 40 bucks less a shot like yeah absolutely man like i mean trip, trip over that, whiskey yeah. is whiskey's a drink it's like you know like that's a drink of the people you know oh, it's, it's not like right. it should, it's not meant to be hoarded yeah so it's one of those things that you know in the past and i think you know i mean that's the that's the late mid to late 90s um slight bourbon drought yeah. is to blame for that because that's when you know brands distilleries themselves started really like pushing the um the the single barrel and the limited release and small batch. 
and a lot of that started popping up a lot more. Um, and and you know people's people's idea of like what is premium and what is luxury yeah. and that you know started getting into people's heads. You know, and you, and you saw that too. Also in the mid to late '90s with you know brands like Patron, sure. and it was like this is a this is a luxury brand, and then it's like you know but you're you know you're you're marketing this product to, as as kind of like a you know you're dangling this carrot that's mm-hmm. all like wouldn't you like this but you know maybe you can't afford it and it's like well, that's silly man like it shouldn't be that you know way. it's like if if you know it's it's one of those things too like it everything that's in the well is something I would definitely I would have no problem drinking right. And, you know, it's like I go to other other bars around town and people are charging appropriately for Buffalo Trace, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere between seven and nine bucks. But it's like I want to be able to serve that for four dollars during happy hour yeah, and five dollars when it's not and have it be single barrel when I can. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and it's one of those things, too, that you take the good with the bad because you get the people that just come in and they're just like, yeah, man, I want whiskey and Diet Coke. And you just have to kind of smile and be like, "I'm pouring you single barrel whiskey yeah. with Diet Coke." Because it's like part, you're part, part of the concept is you. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's about I mean, yeah, everyone I mean, it's, else. It's know? kind of one of those things too that, like, I mean, why, why would anybody open a bar or create a bar? And it's, you know, like the I think the 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 short story on that is like, well, because maybe you don't like all the bars you're hanging out at, so why don't you just make one that you want to hang out at? Totally. You know, you don't like so the music like, on the radio, right? Yeah, change, change the station, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's one of those that, uh, yeah, I think if if I wasn't a part of the Grackle, I would probably spend a lot more time at home. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of one of those that... Uh, we said earlier, you know, we got a small staff and it's definitely a family and mm-hmm. we've got a really solid bunch of regulars that are like part of that extended family. And it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we've created a, a pretty nice little, um, spot, you know, where people feel, people feel comfortable hanging out and people know yeah. that if, if you're just going to go into a dark bar cause you want to have a beer or whiskey and be left alone, like you can do that. Or if, you know, you can't get a hold of any of your friends, but you know you go down to the bar and like you you know if you don't know them already, like you probably strike up a conversation with somebody and have a have a decent time. You yeah, know? it's a brilliant yeah. place. It's a yeah. I mean, it's a you nice. You proud of it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's pretty great, man. I mean, hell, if you asked me six, seven years ago, whenever it was, when uh when I was just working one shift a week there, like mm. you know, what are you going to be doing and in six years, you know, are you, are you going to, you know, I, I probably would have said, I don't know, I'll probably move back to the desert, Yeah. but this is, uh, I don't know. It's pretty great. It's, 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 it's pretty great to have the, um, the connections to be able to, you know, to have like, whether you call it a, a library or bar or whatnot, but to have the, the connections to be able to, to curate, um, something that when I go in, you know, eight in the morning on a Monday, all bleary eyed from having too much fun with the, the staff on a Sunday night right. um, and flip on the lights and, you know, look at, at last count, it was 206 bottles of whiskey. Oh, but amazing. like to look at that and just be like, this is, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, like you, you left, like yeah. that's your imprint. You're, yeah. That's your legacy in a sense. Well, I hope I hope this isn't it. But no, like, no, but yeah. a piece of but, it. You know, I mean, it's yeah, just sure. One you know? step at a time. You yeah, know? sure, sure. But it's you know, it's one of those things that 
you know, even on, you know, mornings where you're not feeling 100% when you can like walk in and be like, that, that is pretty cool. That's pretty cool to walk in and yeah. look at that and be like, I did that. That's, that's cool. That is pretty, yeah. it's incredible, man. You know? I mean, you've amassed an amazing yeah. collection and it's good. And I've got one more question for you that sure. I have no idea how, how you're, you'll answer it. Um, but I suspect maybe. Orange. That's see, that doesn't work. Hmm? It's more specific. Than oh, that. okay. Well, <laughs> well, try me. What's your favorite fruit? Oh, wait, shit, that did work. No. Ooh. So we're sipping the Jim Beam 12. I was actually going to say banana. Oh, really? God damn it. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, so Jim no Beam. one ever says banana. Yeah, no one ever does. That's but no, this is, this is a good one, and I feel like someone who enjoys whiskey, I got to sip this with Adam Harris. And yeah, oh, nice. Universe, yeah. And they brought it out, and I had no idea how good this was. Yeah. Really exceptional. Really affordable. People mm-hmm. people underestimate Beam, man. People do underestimate Beam. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, what do you got? Three three generations of like yeah, master nice. master whiskey makers that, yeah. are, that are, you know, kind of split and spread out. But when you look at all of, well, almost, almost all of the major whiskey houses, mm. like there is a connection to the Beam family. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's one of those things too that, um, you know, people ask me a lot, like, well, what's like, what's your favorite whiskey on the shelf? Right. Um, and it's, you know, it, it varies. Like, I've, I've always got, like, my go-to whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the fact of the matter is, like, when people are like, oh, Jim Beam. It's like, man, it's like, I will I will happily, you know, you go into a bar and they don't, they don't have whatever your preferred brand of whiskey is. Yeah. You always have those, like, two or three others in your back pocket that's, like, Oh man, like I used to drink that all the time. I'm happy drinking that. Absolutely. And I will happily drink some white label beam. Dude, like always. it's it's great whiskey. And it's one of those that people kinda shake their head at it and they're like, Well, you know, that's that's like grandpa whiskey. And it's I mean, like it's bad. Well, you know your grandpa drank it for a reason, right? Yeah. You know, it's one of those that my my go to whiskey about six or seven years ago was always Wild Turkey Rye one oh one. Oh yeah. And Perfect. it still is I don't drink as much rye as I used to, but that is all, like, if somebody's like, what is your, fit? not to turn the topic yeah, from being, right, right, right. but it's one of those, and people are like, really? Like, you don't, you know, like, and not to, not to shit on Heaven Hill, because Rittenhouse is an amazing rye yeah. whiskey as well, but like, you know, it's, but it's, it's hot right now, mm. or it has been for the past five, six years. And I'm like, man, Turkey, it's like, the Russells have been making whiskey for a damn long time. Right. Like, you know, just as long as the Beam family, you know? Just because something goes out of style doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. It's right? one of, it's like this This has endured as a brand for as long as it has for a reason. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, Beam still comes out with, I mean, that Bonded they, they came out with a couple years That's ago. Right. That really surprised me. I was, you know, I mean, at uh, at the time, what, I think at the time when Beam Bonded came out, I want to say that there was only like four three or four bonded whiskeys and they were all from heaven hill sure um and then you know sazerac dropped a couple of bonded whiskeys and then all of a sudden beam's got one and like i remember the you know like the the glaciers rep walking in with a golden bottle of beam and i was like oh what's you know like just not not looking to be disappointed but i was just kind of like i don't i don't know where this is gonna go Mm. and it's it's one of those that i'll consistently point out to people like you want like an exceptional like budget priced whiskey like yeah. that's, yeah, that's a solid proof. yeah and you know and like yeah like leaves it leaves a nice mellow burn in your chest yeah. like being bonded is a great whiskey and I've, I've heard plenty of industry people shit on it and it's mm. just like man like give that whiskey a second shot just because it's got the jim beam name on the label and it's like there's you know 
It is, and it's the same thing with movies, yeah. and it's the same thing with music. Sure, yeah. Like, once, I, yeah, once it becomes once it becomes cool, then it's, like not, it, cool it's not cool anymore. Right, and that's and just it's, stupid. You know, yeah, or just, you know, once once Prince dies, everybody loves Prince. Right, like, and so. I didn't really like. I'm mean, Prince is fine. You know, it's <laughs> oh, fine. It's gonna get dark. Yeah, no, no, I know, but it, <laughs> and people will give me shit yeah. about it. But Neil Diamond, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I legitimately like Neil. Phil Collins is even a better example. Sure, man. I actually love. Are we gonna Phil sing Collins. Sweet Caroline? Uh, well, I don't know. It's I'm not. Yeah, I haven't been. There's not enough bourbon in that. Sure, bottle. sure, man. I don't know. Yeah, Kentucky Woman's more my jam anyway. There you go. Yeah, you go. it's perfect. And I think that kind of ties into the whole bourbon thing. It Maybe does. that's it's perfect. Yeah. But so this. All right. So this is the question. You have a deep love of cinema. We'll call it that. Sure. And you are at the Grackle, okay? Mm-hmm. But you're not working. You're just there sipping some bourbon. Mm-hmm. If you could have anybody come in to the bar and sit next to you and have a chat with them, a deep conversation, living or deceased. Who okay. might you love to just share a great chat over some whiskey with at that bar? Um, it's a hard call, man. Because I so uh, there are so many amazing people a- attached to my favorite film of all time, uh, which would be Apocalypse Now. Ah, okay, and. It's yeah, so it's like, man, like Coppola would be amazing to sit down and talk with, right? Just because you know he's such a cinephile, mm-hmm. and um, and obviously because he, he directed the movie, um, and and he you know and he's got a connection to to people like Kurosawa, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but then but then you've got Martin Sheen, who you know like is fantastic yeah. in in that role. Um, just in the, I mean, the entire cast of that movie is yeah. just mind-blowingly, jaw-droppingly awesome. But at the same time, it'd be just as cool to sit down with Lawrence Fishburne and be like, "Man, like fresh out of the gate, yeah, like yeah. you walk into you walk into this. Like, granted, probably never met Brando, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the weird the, the, the shot, weird yeah. production schedule on that movie. And um, but you know, but you know, you got to work with with Sheen and and Frederick Forrest and like, uh, man, it's just. Nuts. Yeah, it's a massive. Um, or yeah, massive. I mean, just sit down with Frederick Forrest and talk to him about like just his career. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to to man. I like. I think Coppola is an easy choice on that, but I think I'd, I'd probably go with Martin Sheen. Yeah, I'd want to sit down with Martin, with Martin Sheen and like talk man. to just because I mean he's had such a such a crazy awesome long career. Yeah. Um, and and super varied career. Uh, you know, I mean, he's got. Two wildly varying sons, yeah. um, who've also had you know very long careers, and yeah. up and down on their careers and whatnot. Um, yeah, I think that I think sitting down with Martin Sheen and um, hell, even even if it's not a glass of whiskey, like sitting down and having a glass of Martel Cordon Bleu, yeah, with him and just and just nerding out in the apocalypse now for even just one drink, yeah. you know, drinking what Captain Willard drank. That'd be amazing. That'd be it'd be a pretty cool conversation. Yeah. Martin Sheen, fuck yeah, yeah Martin Sheen. Yeah, so brilliant. If you, yeah, if you know anybody who knows Martin Sheen, man, send him send him to the Grackle. Maybe. His, his, yeah, his, his tabs <laughs> oh on me. Oh my god, man. would that be incredible? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just a, I mean, you've seen uh, Hearts of Darkness. Yeah. No, no, the, no, the, the, the like documentary, the documentary no, about that. Yeah, it. man, just because I mean, 
like he had a, he had a heart attack while filming that. Yeah, and then was back to work like a couple days later. You know, trooper, like man, Going yeah, the, the bunch of something too. The same, the bunch of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that whole uh, the the opening him destroying the hotel mm-hmm. scene that was just him just like Living all right, life. man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna work out my shit like yeah. right here and yeah, you know, like crying, sweating, naked, covered in blood, and you know, busted up hand. Yeah. No better way to spend in- hurt it hurt it fishing on R and R. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a brilliant choice, man. And yeah. I didn't realize you'd be such a cinephile, and I'm really glad that yeah, you are. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess I didn't really think about it, but um, yeah. No, you can tell, like the uh, way that you yeah. think of the way that when you start talking about yeah. video stores in the '80s, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's exciting. I, I get that. Yeah. I, I love. That. Well, I think it. You know, I mean, I think that that yeah, it's I, I've had had this conversation with many people but like it's it's kind of one of those things that you don't like kids kids growing up now will never experience that you know Mm -hmm. even if you live in in a place like austin or if and like i said i can't remember the the name of the store was like the family's name it was like you know like lawrence's video or whatever um but i don't know what i it was in villa park illinois um but even if you live in a place cool enough to have that shop now it Mm -hmm. still exists you know like i love video or Vulcan, uh, the amount of parents that still take their kids, and I mean, I'm guilty. I, I've subscribed to Netflix and Hulu and, and, sure. and whatnot, um, and I I don't visit the video store. Maybe I should. I guess I gotta I gotta start renting movies more often. I think that's yeah. a, I, I I need to as well. Maybe that's I, my my late 2017 uh, New Year's resolution is to is to yeah to to rent more movies from an actual video store. I think it's a good. It's a yeah. good one, Tim. And man, yeah. it's been great sipping whiskey with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Great Cheers, man. catch up and getting to understand you, right? Because I was like, man, I, I think t- sure. Tim fucking hates me. You know? You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe some people feel that way. No, but it's been brilliant, man. And thanks so much for taking the time out. I yeah. will see you soon. Thanks for sharing your whiskey with me, man. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks, Tim. So there we have it, the Grackle's owner-operator, proprietor, Mr. Tim Murphy. The Grackle is one of the greatest spots in Texas, and Austin particularly, to grab fine whiskeys, stuff that is rare, stuff that is accessible, and they even have their own Buffalo Trace Select Barrel there at the Grackle. Tim is a very good guy. We grew up kind of in the same way, raised on VHS, getting really adventurous with the things that we were reading, the things we were watching, having this fascination with david lynch having this fascination with martin sheen i mean it makes a lot of sense and at first you know it's like tim must really hate my guts but once you kind of dive into the man and dive into the very intellectual side of tim he's a really great guy and i'd love to share more whiskey with him in the future so thanks everybody for listening to show to v with mike g No matter how much you're looking forward to tonight's official drink of Austin competition, of which maybe someday we will win, or if you're thinking, man, this allergy season is really kicking my throat's ass, please keep dancing.